All right. Then. Is y'all finished or, or is y'all done? Like, geez. Damn. Welcome back to High Notes, episode five. I am the hostess with the mostest, Tyra West, and this is a show where we get lit and lifted. So just to recap, the premise of the show is I have a weekly guest on, we get high, we laugh, we share some jokes, you know, talk about weed, talk about y'all, talk about COVID, just all that good shit. And my guest for this week is my dear friend, Manny. What's up, y'all? What's up, what's up, what's up? So I met Manny through undergrad at um, a quiet little racist little university. Oh, and peaceful community of UH, Ohio. Um, and just like I was kind of touching on last week, there's like 10 black people that go to that school. So basically, if you black, you friends, unless you was like a iffy black person, um, you know, the ones who stand for KKKs, yep. a- AKA the Kardashians, that's not meant. Yep, yep. Um, you know, uh, Trump apologists, those type of folks. So. I feel like that's how we gravitated towards each other. But the way we became cool, cool is because Manny is a cool ass person. Mm-hmm. For real. So Manny, tell us a little bit about yourself. The show. Thank you, and thank you for having me. Love the show so far. Ah, thank As she you. said, I'm Manny. Um, I'm from Mooresville Heights, Ohio. Um, that's also where I went to school. Um, and then I graduated from John Carroll. You know, racist ass, <laughs> white ass school. Any- any like establishment named after a white man, yeah. just know it's bad news. Yeah, that is. <laughs> um, at John Carroll, I majored in gender, sexuality, and women's studies, and minored in sociology and philosophy. Um, so basically, I'm an expert on anything gender and sex, which is like pretty dope. Um, I'm a gra- I'm a current graduate student at the University of San Diego, where I'm getting my master's in higher education leadership. But I've really come to the conclusion that education just is not the field for me anymore. <laughs> um, and I'm just going to try to pursue one of my hobbies full time at some mm-hmm. point. Not really sure when, but we'll see. But also, it's probably like super, super stressful with COVID. Like, I just feel so bad for anyone in education. I mean, obviously, there's other jobs that's, that, that this shit has been hard on. But this has been like a lot, I would and, imagine. And I'm sure you got some questions about it later. So I'm not going to even go into detail yet. (laughs) But yeah, so that's what I'm doing. But some of my hobbies that I do, um, I'm really uh, focused on like my brand through my Instagram blog, which is like, I would categorize it as sort of like a mindfulness, self-reflection, self-help kind of page. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really private. Um, and only a few people get access to that because I don't like everyone seeing how vulnerable I can be. (laughs) Me. Um, Big facts. <laughs> For real. Um, I'm really into iPhone photography, like, because I don't have a professional camera. Every picture that I take is on my iPhone, mm-hmm. and I just edit it through Adobe and, like, keep it pushing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a cheerleader. I'm a dancer. I'm a singer, uh, but not really 
So don't ask me to sing. But <laughs> no, that us because I will not do it. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think I've ever heard you sing. Not that I can think of. Maybe I have. No. Like I keep that is like to a minimum. But I don't do any of this this shit professionally. Like it's all just for kicks and giggles. And like yeah. Um I'm an empath. I love getting to know people through their emotions and like I easily pick up on them too. Um which can be stressful at times and it's really interesting uh to navigate. I'm a fashionista, I love clothes. And I'm a Sagittarius. And then shout out to Val, the guest la- last week. We shared the same birthday. Sagittarius Nation. That's where yes, it's at. Yes, yes. And um, big fan of music, yeah. So I'm just like a super chill, super all over the place, multidimensional person. Period. Okay. And that's how you fucking self-introduce yourself, okay? <laughs> okay. So we're just going to jump right into the mess. Let's just get that out the way. I want y'all to know that usually I spend like 20 minutes researching these high times to keep it pushing. Today, I spent an hour on it because each one of these topics are so freaking like they're all about race. Like they're all coded in race. So it's like it's rough out here, man. It's been a rough week in the neighborhood. Gemini season started and like we have like. A bunch of planet five planets in retrograde, and a bunch of them are in Gemini. Like it's just, it's been, it's been evil out here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a Gemini moon, so I won't say Gemini's are evil, but I think that opposing energy sometimes can really, really get people, you know, mm-hmm. off they break, off they break up. But anyways, first segment of the show is called High Times, which is breaking news like Time Magazine, but most of the time it isn't breaking or news. But this week it actually is. So. Here we go. Number one. It's it's even funnier if you guys can see my screen because the first segment, I mean, the first story I have t- entitled Doja Cat, but cat, I put KKK. Because <laughs> I'm thinking like, if I just say Doja Cat, I mean, people who don't know what's going on are going to be confused. Right. So I put Doja Cat with KKK. Anyways, singer slash rap artist Doja Cat is now under fire, yeah, again, this time for the alleged involvement in racist alt-right video chat groups. According to Daily Mail, recently videos have resurfaced of the artists participating in what seems to be alt-right, neo-Nazi type of video chat rooms in which she uses racial slurs, such as the N-word, um, nigger. I'm not afraid to say it. Mm -hmm. Um, Subsequently, fans dug up some older unreleased song of hers entitled Didn't Do Nothing, which is apparently an alt-right slur referring to um, basically the term is to terms applied to people of color who are victimized or murdered by or in the hands of police brutality and how people claim that this person was innocent. It's basically saying that these people aren't innocent, Mm -hmm. that they get what they deserve, which is like a long ass definition for that, but whatever. Um, You know, Doja Cat has come out and said that was a long time ago, but a lot of people are saying, girl, no, it wasn't because your frontal is laid. Your frontal just started being laid like a month ago, like (laughs) cut it out. Um, 
she's saying she never participated in hate speech or any type of like racist language, even though in the video she says nigger yeah. to a group of racist white people. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Um, and then she also says she's half black. Her dad is African. So she, which to me is like, Mm-hmm. Sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, of course, Twitter wasted no time um, slandering her. Yeah. They said, you know, this isn't the first time we've had to call out for your cancellation. And, of course, this also follows her obtaining her first number one Billboard hit with the Say So remix. So, you know, people had to find some, some reason to dig up them. The old Twitter files. I swear, them, them tweets prior, like, circa 2012, really be kicking y'all asses. Like, yep. go delete them mm-hmm. now. Like, go, just go back and delete them now. Yep. Do it now before it even... Because they will find them. They're coming for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but fans are also questioning the artist's use of drugs, which has been in question for a while now. But um, at one point in time, she um, denied... Like her black side until recently, you know, as she's capitalizing off of black culture, people mm. are like saying, oh, no, sis, don't say that you have black now. But I couldn't find any official statements about that, just tweets. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Do you feel like we've given Doja Cat too many opportunities? I think it's an interesting situation to be in mm-hmm. for Doja Cat because, like, as someone who has followed her for a while, it's clear to me that, like, she's an artist who, like, uses a play on words. Like, I, I'm sure, like, the didn't do nothing was, like, a play on didn't do nothing. Mm. Like, because mm, I'm wondering, like, that. what the actual song was about. Like, what are the lyrics? I one of the articles that I read actually did have lyrics from the song, and basically, from what it seemed like, and what even what the article said, it seemed like it happened around 2015 after Sandra Blaine, and the lyrics mm. were kind of like seemed like they were directed about her. Interesting. I cannot remember the the um, exact lyrics, but it might have been like used as a play play on words, but. Um, I saw a tweet this morning and it was a joke, but it was still kind of funny. It said something to the extent of like only Doja Cat. Like, do you know how far deep you got to be in these chat rooms to discover uh, slurs that haven't even came out yet? <laughs> and I'm like, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, she just dug herself into a hole and yeah. she got to get herself out if she wants to. She seems very, like, defensive about everything that has come out about her. Like, because didn't she have, like, anti-gay probably tweets that came out, like, a year ago where people were calling her out about, like, oh, shit, she used to say. Um, it just seems like, I don't know. I don't, like, I don't really listen to her, mm-hmm. like, willingly necessarily but i have like a few of her songs on my phone just from hearing them and i mean she's not a bad artist Mm -hmm. i do have feelings towards quote-unquote cancel culture like same um it's just a lot to me especially being a kanye west fan it is rough out here okay (laughs) it's not the easiest title to have and cancel culture is coming for me all the time here's the thing I don't think that anything Kanye says and does 
now can be like justifiable. But I cannot deny this man's like old music that what I was like brought up listening to. Like, I don't know, that's been my favorite artist since I was like in elementary school. Mm-hmm. It's hard to just be like, I will never listen to this man shit ever again. No, that's like part of who I am. Mm-hmm. But at some point, it's like, when do we stop supporting artists for them to stop having a platform to speak, to say these things, to even have this much impact? And I mean, of course, this is like old resurfaced stuff. It's not right. like, well, who knows how old these videos are? Right. Because people do have a point. Her lace front did look pretty late in that video. So it could have been recent, more recently than she's admitted to. But I mean, I don't know. It's like, this is who this person truly is. Because it's not like she's like 10 in that video. Right. She's a grown-ass woman in that video. Right. And it's like, as what black people do you know participate in neo-Nazi video chat groups? And like, if that's your thing, okay, cool. <laughs> but if you got a platform and you're easily recognizable, yeah. like, you should not be doing that, like, yeah. publicly. Yeah. I mean, also, like, and then you want black people to support you. Right. Because, sis, that was like, it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't believe in cancel culture. I feel like if you still want to stream, like, okay, only time that it was really acceptable was like R. Kelly. Like, y'all really yeah. had to stop that. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, for me, I don't know. When I seen this initially, I was kind of like, not like, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing you could ever do. Like, I was just like, I mean, if that's what she into, how was she hurting anybody? But then at the same time, I feel like where she goes wrong is that she doesn't really, like, issue apologies. Mm-hmm. It's just like... She just let it linger. It's like, it's a, this was a long time ago. But it's like, girl, it wasn't that long ago. Right. And again, if you, gonna, if you want black support, you can't be showing anti-black. Like, that you're doing anti-black shit. Like, people... I don't know. It's both ways to me. People have the right not to fuck with her anymore because it is. And then people have the right to still fuck with her. Yeah. I don't know. I agree. It's your decision, I guess. <laughs> I'm just interested to see where it all goes. Because I'm wondering, like, because she did get that number one. Like, that happened. I don't know where it is on the top ten now. Like, if it stay in the top ten any longer, that means that this situation got to be squashed. Right. If she want any more success. True. And I know Nikki over there in the corner just like, girl. <laughs> <laughs> try it. Like, well, I mean, no offense to Nikki, but she ain't did the best things either. <laughs> Agree. Um, I mean, look at her husband. Yeah, there's plenty of instances where Nicki Minaj also could have been canceled. Like, for freedom! <laughs> 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 that right there for me was, was like, all right. Yep. So, I mean, I don't know. They're just, they both off the same rocker, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see what happens in the future. I just feel like one thing Doja Cat absolutely needs to do, like, yesterday is delete all her fucking old tweets and shit like girl yeah girl someone made a tweet that was like i love how um megan the stallion's old tweets are just like girl i want to get drunk man this nigga still out of walmart like man i want to go to the pool it's nothing like crazy yeah nothing crazy yeah oh my gosh if you plan on having some type of platform or being an artist, please go back and delete all your, all your racist, homophobic, like, transphobic. Please go back and delete them tweets. And, mm-hmm. I mean, unfortunately, that's how you still feel. It's going to come out one way or next. But yeah. 
if you tweeted that shit when you were like 10, <laughs> please go back and delete it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was a cat. Okay, second story is called You Ain't Black. Mm-mm-mm. So, in this uh, true simulation glitch normalcy, um, for some reason, Joe Biden was on the breakfast club. Like, literally, only in the simulation glitch would this, like, this even be a real news. When episode. I saw that. <laughs> so, um, presidential candidate <laughs> slash former VP Joe Biden guest starred on the radio show The Breakfast Club, hosted by Bama, I mean, oops, Charlemagne, the guy, um, as well as Angela Yee and DJ Envy. According to the New York Times, the vice president was supposed to appear on the show a year ago, but instead tried to recruit a black surrogate, which caused Charlemagne to question how important the black vote really was to him. Um, But I guess he ended up squeezing them in, and uh, on Friday morning, Biden finally made it onto the show, where shit really hit the fan for him. Uh, while topics such as marijuana legalization, uh, a black woman running May, and the 1994 crime bill that uh, Biden signed off on, oh, and him being endorsed by the NAACP, um, Biden misstepped when uh, Charlemagne made a comment, and this is like the last minute of the show, Charlemagne made a comment just basically saying, you know, we have a lot more questions that need to be answered before November. In which Biden responded, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Obviously, listeners quickly took to Twitter and other social media platforms remarking that, Joe Biden, white ass, don't know a single thing about being black. What the hell are you talking about? Um, They're claiming his comment was made out of ignorance and privilege. Uh, You know, people from Biden's team have come out and now said, it was a joke. Well, a key, key, key. It wasn't that funny. (laughs) Um, Charlemagne has also reportedly stated that he believes Biden is running off of being the vice president to our first black president to kind of like lazily solidify the black votership. Um, And then in the greatest twist of all of these events, which I have no idea how we got here, but again, anything goes in 2020. Um, Trump has now responded with a whole website dedicated to selling you ain't black t-shirts. What? The t-shirt just is a quote that says, you ain't black, end quote, Joe Biden. And the what? t-shirts are to support Trump, black Trump supporters. So I guess, and there's like a black man modeling the t-shirt on the website. I don't know if he really did it or if they just photoshopped the t-shirt on him. But um, yeah, so Trump is basically saying, you right. You know, they ain't black. They tr- black Trump supporters. Oh my is, fucking god! Yes, a different. Well, yeah, there's a difference. It's a difference. This has to be like the worst <laughs> fucking election. In. It's not real. Like I'm very convinced that this election is like not even a real thing. That this is just like something that like we watching a TV show basically. Like, yeah. CNN has become like fiction. 
fan fiction or something. Like, what if, what if a reality star went against like the one vice president that we had for the one black president we ever had? Like, wouldn't that be funny? Like, wouldn't that just be a joke? And then like his his um, opposing running mate is like this Jewish man who looks. Like, he don't got his shit together. First of all, before y'all come for me, I fucking love Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I have Bernie. been a Bernie Sanders fan since, like, 2013. Yeah. But that man do be looking crazy. Like, he really yeah. do look like he... He look like one of them crazy professors, like, on a Disney movie that come into the library and just got, like, all these old-ass books and show them Narnia and stuff. Like, that's what he looked like. <laughs> but I fuck with him. But I don't even like that people say they want to vote for him because he's old. Or because if it was against him or Trump, uh, he, like if it was Biden versus Trump or Sanders versus Trump, Biden has more of a likelihood of winning. That's still but like here we go with the Hillary shit again. Right. Who wants the two, the lesser of two evils? Facts. This nigga said, if you don't vote for him, you ain't black. How the hell are you gonna tell me why how I'm black? Ah, uh, the. Like you said, like this fact, the fact that they even were on, like in the same room together, <laughs> having that conversation is just blowing my mind. And the fact that he thought it would be okay to say that. Mm-mm. He said it was very cavalier of him to say he had too much of an ego when he said it. It's like, but again, just like people are saying, that's your privilege to think that you can go. If. If Obama ever went on TV and said, if you're not voting for Obama, then you're a racist. Like, that's basically what you just said. Yeah. That's basically what you just said. If you, if you don't vote for Biden, do you even care about black people? Nigga, what the fuck you about to do for us? Nothing. Please tell me. And then it's actually funny because since he made that statement, his team came out with what, what Biden will, is going to do for the black voters. And it was a whole bunch of nothing. Where is my reparations? I'm saying. Where is my 30 acres in a mule? <laughs> uh, you ain't annoying. about to do shit for us, so. I don't know. I just feel like, again, the simulation is just, it's broken. Um, I think that I have a theory that our programming as humans, was not supposed to last past 1999. And when it continued on, they didn't know what to do. And they just been winging this shit. And that's my theory about what the fuck is going on. Like, we are 20 years past what we were supposed to be, in my opinion. And this shit is, like, to the point of it's just malfunctioning. It's like playing a video game that, like, it's only had 20 levels installed. But somehow, like... They never programmed the ending of the game. So then somehow it's just a level 21 and you just rocking that bitch. And yeah, mm. it's not supposed to go this long, go on this long. So that is my conclusion about how Joe Biden was on the breakfast club. He can go somewhere. He can get off the ticket too, to be honest. Oh but. my gosh. It was. Who made Charlemagne the black voice of America? I'm I saying. I don't want that nigga representing anything that I stand for. Not at all. <laughs> and we don't even uh, disagree about this Biden shit, but I'm cool on him being who represent me and my community. Yeah. Barely cool on Don Lemons. Mm-hmm. He switched it up, but you know. Okay, and the last high time. 
is about Lana Del Rey's Karen campaign. So, yes, Karen. <laughs> For real. Um, according to Bustle, Lana Del Rey took to Instagram this week in which she unnecessarily called out fans of artists such as Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, and Kalani for supporting their music, which in her words, glamorizes sex and cheating, and requested that if that could be normalized, why couldn't her more macabre type of singing style, why can't that be normalized? And if it is normalized, can it not be labeled as her uh, glamorizing abuse you know people came for her so fuck quick couldn't even get the, the typos out the way yeah. uh, many people accuse her comments of being coded and racist mm-hmm. um, specifically at some point of her little um, Instagram press release she said that um she wanted she wants it to be different for people who look like her. So, you know, people are like, well, who the fuck look like you? Because <laughs> Beyonce and Nicki Minaj and I mean, I guess she also did say like Ariana Grande and some other white woman that I don't know. Um, but mainly she said a bunch of black women. Yeah, she did say black women. Um so the singer clapped back and was stating that she mentioned people who were her favorite artists and they just happened to be women of color and that her comments were not at all supposed to be racist or should not be taken as racism. She claims that when she said women like me, she meant women who don't look strong or smart and just advocating, she was advocating for women with more delicate personalities. But of course, this angered people even more and said that this is, again, coding, yeah. coded language, um, because now you're insinuating that women of color don't look, I mean, that they look, always have to look strong or always have to be smart or are supposed to, or they can't be more delicate. So they're, you know, saying that that's like you stereotyping black women and. That you're saying that black women have to have that strong demeanor, like type of personality, um, but then, you know, of course, this has just been it's been the people versus Lana Del Rey all week. She's been saying shit. People been coming for her. She got a rebuttal, and she don't just like be in the comments. Like she got to make a whole new press release. Like, girl, shut up. It's like just give it up, basically. Yeah. But now Lana Del Rey is being used, I mean, she's being labeled as a Karen, which has become a, I'm doing air quotes just so y'all know, derogatory word for white women who are always complaining, Mm -hmm. who seek oppression in their own privilege, and who like to use tears as a way to gain support. So people are now saying, girl, you didn't have to break other people down to build yourself up. And you definitely didn't have to come for black women. And, I mean, obviously right now the, you know, Billboard top two leading singles are by four black women. So it's like, you would have been making music for like almost a decade now. Why are you waiting until now to say something about people saying shit about your music? It's like, obviously you being a hater. Mm -hmm. Obviously you're hating on the success of black women. Mm -hmm. Obviously you're mad that, I seen somebody say she obviously is mad that she will never be able to fuck JFK. 
<laughs> that is her aesthetic, though. <laughs> that really is her aesthetic. But, um, yeah, I just feel like this was the absolute wrong time to come oh. for these women mm-hmm. instead of just congratulating them. Because y'all don't even make the same genres of music. Nope. So what was even the point of bringing that up? Like, right. you could have just asked, simply asked, when will I be able to use the type of music I make to have a hit single? That's mm-hmm. not what you said, though. Right. You exactly. didn't even have the name drop, sis. Nope. And I think what really pisses me pissed me off about the whole thing was her whole white feminist approach to it all. Yeah. Uh, this, like, I thought feminism was for, like, all women. Like, sis, feminism was created by women like you. Exactly. To support women like you. Like, it was never to include black women. Exactly. And so that whole inclusion of the black women. And then sprinkle in a couple of white women to, like, try to keep it safe. Yeah. Like, since we saw that, keep we saw right through that. To keep it cute. Yeah. And then I wouldn't say the two white women that she, she named aren't even technically, like... Like, Ariana Grande is, what, Italian, right? Yeah. And but then, that's white. No, exactly. But then I was going to say, and then, um, what's the other girl? I cannot think of her name. She, like, is Latina, but she still is white. I can't think of her. She's Hispanic. Uh, I don't know. Whatever the fuck. Yeah. But it's like, the, the, even the white women that you drop in there aren't white women, in my opinion, that you could say are like you. Agreed. Or, yeah, I can yeah. agree with that. Yeah. So, I don't know. It was just weird because I'm like, how many white women have had his singles? Why you couldn't say Celine Dion? Right. Like, why you have to throw in these girls? So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I actually fuck with Lana Del Rey. She makes very comforting music. I mean, I can't disagree that she doesn't glamorize, like, death and uh, abuse and stuff like that. I wouldn't say glamorize, but she does sing about it a lot. But also... I feel, and I hate to say this because it's such a sensitive topic, but like, I don't know. I've never listened to a song that was like, damn, I'm about to kill myself. Like, I just feel like music, obviously music can impact your mood, but I don't feel Mm -hmm. like music can like persuade your own persona or what you were already going through. Like, it's not going to like heighten those feelings. Yeah. Cause I definitely see it as like a release of emotions. Yeah. Rather than, yeah, I can see that. I don't know. But I just don't feel like she had the name job. And she should have already knew when she came for the... Wasn't Nicki Minaj thing? The, the Barbies, Barbs. The Barbs. When she came for the Barbs. <laughs> they will annihilate. And the Beehive. Yeah, that was it. And I feel like Ariana Grande stands kind of crazy, too. Like, I well, feel no, like... Because I'm included in that one now. Cause, <laughs> but no, we, we low-key, low-key. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, I just feel like she came for the, literally the wrong group yeah. of people. Like, she, yeah, she At had once, what was coming. That's a, yeah. Oof, social suicide. Literally. All right. And we're going to take a break. Okay. And we are back. So, the second segment of the show is called High Profile, which is just a Q&A little sesh for many. Okay, question number one. This is a written-in question. How have you grown or changed in any capacity since leaving Cleveland? Um, just so you know, it's a three-parter. Damn. Um, 
has it been a drastic change? And then jumping off of that, would you consider staying in California after graduation or do you want to come back to Cleveland? Who? Okay, this is loaded. Because <laughs> a bitch doesn't know what they want to do with their life. But um, being in Cleveland was a necessity during this time. And like that's exactly how I would like classify it. And only because like when I had left California back in March, it was because like my mental health was in a very bad state and I just needed to be around like friends and family that I knew would like support and help like get me back on like the right track. So um yeah, like I needed to be here. Um drastic change, I believe that's the second question, right? Yes. Yeah, like Hell yeah, because um, a bitch is living with my parents. I need to get the fuck out, especially after today. Like, there's no central air in the house, and it's hot as shit in Cleveland right now. Yeah. And, like, I was sweating while I was getting dressed. I ran out the house. <laughs> that is was, the worst. Like, they need, they, I can't wait for them to move and get a better house, because this ain't it. Yeah. Um. But, like, they welcome me and my my son, my cat, Jamie, and with open <laughs> arms. My dad even calls him his grandson now, which is, like, a lot, but it's cute. I love it. Um, But, you know, as far as, like, staying in California, I'm open to it. But, like, my heart is back on, like, in the Midwest, in the East Coast, like, D.C., Baltimore, DMV area. Um. Like, that's where I want to end up, like, and be for at least the next five to ten years. Mm -hmm. um, but if I give me a nice job in California, hell yeah, I'm staying in California. <laughs> but, yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, I, I fucking love Cali, but I'm, I'm trying to be where it's warm and not where it's cold, so... Mm -mm, no D.C. for me. <laughs> like, I remember back in January, we had a whole bonfire at the beach... In San Diego. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't do no shit like that in Cleveland. Hell no. Hell no. It's, I don't know. But I feel that. That's, I think it's good to also, like, keep your option op options open, not be limited to one idea of one place. Like, and shit, you can live however many places you want to live. Big facts. If you want to, like, it's yeah. completely up to you. I'm completely supportive of not settling for shit. Okay, question number two. How did you get into cheer, and would you ever do more in cheer in your later life? I love this question. <laughs> um, so when I was in high school, and I remember this day like it was fucking yesterday, it was our homecoming pep rally, and um, I was student council president for the sophomore class. So we was in the little classroom getting shit ready for the pep rally, and the cheerleaders had like just walked in, and one of my closest friends was a cheerleader, and I was like, I had looked over to her, and I was like, this shit look like fun. I want to join. <laughs> um, and conditioning and tryouts was the week after, and I went, I tried out, made the team, and been doing it ever since. Yeah. Um, and then I did it in college for two years, which was really interesting, because... <laughs> Like, I don't know, cheering with white women was different, <laughs> and their style of cheer was different, but it did make me a better cheerleader, so I'm appreciative of that. Um, and I definitely do want to do more with cheer. Um, like, I want to be a cheer coach at some point in my, my life, probably within the next two years. Mm -hmm. um, but I know I can't really do it professionally, because I, like, I can't tumble or nothing, but I definitely think I could make a good coach. Hmm. That's what's up. My little cousin uh, cheered 
professionally. She doesn't anymore, but they used to do like state championships and uh, like national championships and shit. Cheer is life, okay? Yeah, facts. <laughs> I never wanted to be a cheerleader, but I also, I always admire, especially schools that actually cheer and not just like pom pom cute. But like I, I've seen you cheer and you be doing the shit. Like oh, yeah. you really be. Out I'm here, telling like, you, it's because John Carroll. When I say they say motions tight, yeah. no booty shaking. I mean, what do you expect? <laughs> they can't do that. But I appreciated it though, cause I like. It was the first time I learned how to stunt. And I was throwing white women up in the air and had to catch them. That was fun. Oh, that is raw. Well, I'm glad that you had a good chair experience at John Carroll, that it wasn't like absolute bullshit. It's a, our coach was black. My, uh, like my time there, she was black. And then after I graduated, she left. Gotcha. Okay, question number three. How do you handle being an empath, and what have you done to regulate maintaining your own emotions? Ooh, this and is I a good question, too. I ask you this, because, you know, we talk, we've talked about yeah. being an empath together, because I also identify as being an empath, but I'm curious to know, like, how you've gone about it since your discovery. Yeah, and, that, and this is a great question, because I've been trying to figure this out, too, because mm-hmm. um, I've only recently discovered... My, like, superpower is being an empath Mm -hmm. this past fall. Um, And, I like, I can share. Like, I was in class. um, And the week prior, we were talking about the unjust killing of um, a black woman in Texas. And I told him, I'm like, yo, I really don't want to talk about this right now. It was on the anniversary of uh, my cousin's death, who also died from gun violence. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, this is too many parallels. I don't want to do it. Right. Um. And they continue to talk about it. Room full of white people. I mean, there was a sprinkle of people of color in there, but it's still dominated by white mm-hmm. people. Um, and so I had a whole anxiety attack in class. And I had to leave. Oh, wow. Um, and I left for the remainder of the class. Um, and then the week after, I came back and I was like, y'all is a bunch of bitches. Because when I told y'all that we needed to change the subject and y'all ain't do it, y'all literally watched me have a whole anxiety attack and did nothing. Just let me leave. Um, only like two people came to check on me, and those were two of my like closest friends in the class. Um, and so after I felt empowered because like I uh, vocalized, you know, my feelings about everything. But then like a minute after, I felt a whole cloud of anxiety come over me. Yeah. Um, and I had come to realize, like, that's not my anxiety because I know I was feeling like fine. Yeah. It was the anxiety of everybody else around me because yeah. I checked the fuck out of them. Yeah. Um. And so I've just been really reflecting on, like, how basically I just capture it. And also, I could be, like, hundreds of miles away from certain people in my life, but, yeah. like, get their emotions. Yeah, same. Yeah. Like, which be the weirdest shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it just, like, prompts me to either, like, call or text them, make sure they're cool. Yeah. Because um, I just feel it in my spirit, like, something not right. Right, right. Yes, I've gone through that. So, um, as far as, like, coping, I look at nature mm-hmm. and, like, just kind of, like, phase out everything for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I use my blog to write everything out, talk yeah. about my feelings. Um, there's really not one right way to do it for real. And a lot of, I meditate throughout the day as well, too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I get that. Um, I think that, like, 
one thing I've been trying to do is just set more boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you just have to, especially even if you aren't necessarily an empath, like, taking on people or being having strong emotional, like, responses to things, you have to learn how to start um, placing those boundaries. Because if you don't, then it literally will, like, like you said, you can start experiencing stuff yourself that you're not even feeling. Like, it's been times that my friends have been at their worst points, and I literally just am feeding off of their energies, and now I'm in a bad place. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I can't even be here for this person because I'm going through it too, but just because I'm not, like, regulating my own emotions. So it's like, I've been trying to definitely, like, place those boundaries and make it so that I'm still able to be myself by still uh, like providing emotional support for people. Then I've also cut out a lot of things that trigger me as an empath, like going to the club or just going to highly crowded places like the mall. I've been doing way, way more online shopping lately. Um, Just kind of putting my place, putting myself in a place at ease so that it's not like, completely overwhelming mm-hmm. and it's been helping a little bit um question number four are you interested in taking on modeling or photography professionally i think yes and no like i've definitely i'm definitely interested in modeling because like like i said a bitch love to get dressed <laughs> but like i just feel like it's so hard to get started Mm-hmm. And I'm not at a place where I'm ready to like sit and wait. Like I want to get shit done and mm-hmm. like be doing it. Um, as far as photography, like photography is just for fun for me. Like I love just taking pictures um, and like getting those angles right, making sure the light look cute. Um, right. But I can't see myself doing it like full time. Like my craft is really like cheer dance. Like that's really what was meant for me. Yeah. Like, I grew up, like, listening to music. I play the trumpet and... Well, I played the trumpet and baritone. Mm-hmm. I know a little bit of the piano, like, literally, like, two keys. <laughs> um, but, like, like I said, like, I sing, I dance. But I want to... I just want to dance. Mm-hmm. And I want to entertain people. Yeah. I feel that. That's what's up. I mean, I feel like it's also, like... Especially, like, with modeling and photography, it's, like, taking that leap of faith. And I feel like if you're not, like, all the way ready to do it, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to put your foot halfway in the water. And then if it don't work out, you got to either pull all the way out or, like, scrap it. So, no, I feel that. But I didn't know you was into, like, I didn't know you played an instrument. Oh, yeah, since fifth grade. Wow, that's cool. Okay, and last question, which was a written-in question. You seem extremely comfortable in your queerness, and you are such a strong advocate for pride. How did you get to the point of being so comfortable? Girl, trauma. (laughs) No, like, there was just a point where it's like, at some point, y'all just got to let me be me. Yeah. Like, I've known I was gay since I was in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Like, that's when I first started noticing boys was cute, you know. <laughs> it was going through puberty. The muscles started to grow a little bit. I was like, okay, something's, something's happening. Um, and, like, I remember in sixth grade, like, I had brought my journal to school on accident. I don't know how it ended up in my book bag. 
and somebody read it like and that year we was um same sex classes so i was in a classroom full of boys oh that wow. now knew that i was thinking i like boys yeah um but i played it off it yeah. blew over after like a day okay um so it was nothing and then i remember my dad he was like yeah you know your teacher called me that year and was like you know your son brought a journal to school and oh, it was wow. talking about all these boys. And I was like, Dad, you've known about this, like, this entire time. We ain't never talk about it. That was, that was interesting. Um, but it's shit like that that's, that made me comfortable, like, yeah. being able to openly talk about it with my dad. Yeah. Um, finding people who were also gay or um, gender queer. Yeah. Um, that just, like, didn't give a fuck who, who you liked, what you dressed as. Um, how you presented yourself, it didn't matter. It's like, it's all about who you are as a person. Right. Um, so when I found that community, it was just like, damn. And I really found them at John Carroll. So it was like people mm-hmm. that I met my first year there um, that really started to open me up because I was never like um, this like outgoing or this outspoken until I really got to college for yeah. real. Yeah. Um, and just being able to see that you can be whoever like whoever the fuck you want to be like no one can stop you right just like but yourself so just know who you are authentically and like go from there um so like i think just being queer is just like the the sprinkles on top like because <laughs> my personality just like came from trauma yeah yeah <laughs> Dead ass. i know it's actually weird because like john carroll for it to be such a conservative place there is so much liberation and like most of the experiences I've had in which I was with communities outside of what I identify as, it's like they've actually been like worthwhile and I've learned a lot of shit. The best teachers I've ever had in my life came from John Carroll. Mm-hmm. The best courses that I ever took yeah. that really taught me shit about the society we live in came Man. from John Carroll. So that's why I always say I don't knock my experience at John Carroll, but because, like, good came out of it, but obviously it was still, like, a difficult thing to experience, just more so as a black person. But I will say, like, I'm extremely grateful, like, that I met my friends. Like, I love y'all so much. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But, no, that's I think that that's really good that you had that support growing up, but also that that makes you a person that can be supportive to other people and that, obviously, people are writing in and saying that they admire, like, how comfortable you are and it's someone to look up to so <laughs> gratitude yeah that's what's up yeah like and i will say too like i'm still learning i'm still growing like this isn't even like the final form right. um so yeah like gratitude absolutely okay now we're going into lightning speed and one of these days i'm gonna figure out how to put sound effects and shit in here so that when i say lightning speed you just hear the thunderbolt come crashing down that's in my head (laughs) do 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 yeah um so these are just like little quick questions that really don't have anything to do with anything and i always preface it by saying you don't have to answer them fast like take your time we could discuss them they don't have to be little dry responses okay number one what was your last halloween costume My last good Halloween costume was the Scooby-Doo costume. That, that shit went viral. Cause, yes. Yo, that was my own last. Because after that, I didn't really go out for Halloween. Oh, oh. no, child. I sure <laughs> did go out for Halloween this past year. I was a witch. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking forgot. 
Wait, I want to uh, talk about the Scooby-Doo. So yes. Manny, as well as a bunch of, of our other friends from John Carroll, um, they dressed up as like the black Scooby-Doo gang. And it was the rawest shit ever. It went viral. There were haters. You know when you have haters, you're doing something right. Yeah, like facts. It, it looked so good. Like, they were so on point. They literally looked like every member from Scooby-Doo, except they were black. And it was just the best. My favorite part was that somebody drew us as a cartoon. Yes. Like. Yes. Which one, Who were you? Were you Shaggy? I was Shaggy. Yes. That's who I am in real life, too. <laughs> It's funny because the kid I nanny is like obsessed with Scooby Doo right now, and um, there's this one spinoff, Mystery Incorporated. Yo, that's my favorite one. It's so good, and me and the dad that his dad like we always discuss it because I keep missing certain key episodes, and he's like, "No, it's this episode, and you gotta just go and watch it." So I started yeah. watching it on my own at home, and, yeah. but I be feeling bad because. He'd be salty. The baby be salty when I watch it without him. He'd be like, Miss Tyra. As if he hasn't watched a season. Like, I mean, he's watched this series like, he'll probably watch it completed in like a week. So Same. he's watched it every mm-hmm. single week. He knows what's going to happen. It's he still so be salty good. I watch like, it without him. The story is just so good. Like the it's writers intense. really was in their bag. Yes, it's intense. Like for a Scooby-Doo series, only thing I don't like is that he, because he's only three and he watches it. And it's like a lot of like, Kind of, yeah. it's like more racy scenes. Like they date each other, yeah. and they be kissing and stuff. And he's like kind of picked up on some of their language. Like he be saying stupid and shit yeah. and stuff now. So that's the only thing I don't like about it. But it's a pretty good show. I like it. It's definitely it's for the girls. It is. It's it fun. really is. <laughs> See, this, this is what I like about Lightning Speed because this is about Halloween. Anyways, uh, <laughs> number two, cake or pie? Ooh. Shit, neither. <laughs> he said neither. Yeah, I'm a I'm a pass. <laughs> the disrespect will not be tolerated in like, this household. <laughs> if it ain't a full course meal, like I'm so I'm just like I don't know. I've outgrown sweets for real. I have to for like, sure. Like I actually have no sweets in here right now. The I don't know what thing it I is. have in my house is between watermelon and a mini wheat cereal. <laughs> cereal, yes, but no, like I don't know, like. I'm just over it for real. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to choose a dessert, it's probably going to be banana pudding if it's available. Ooh, but I kind of agree. Pie, like, I'll eat pie during Thanksgiving time because that's, mm-hmm. like, what people always bring. Cake, I don't know. I'm not going out buying cake. Yeah, same. Like, or making it. Even, like, birthday cake, I'm kind of over. And I used same. to love birthday cake as a kid. Not mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-mm. So I guess I can agree with that. Sweet potato pie hit, though. Mm, I don't really like sweet potato pie. I apple? <laughs> yeah, I'll eat apple. I'll even eat like peach cobbler now, which I used I, to hate oh. that when I was a kid. <laughs> I'll never forget. I was like four. <laughs> and we was at family's house for like 4th of July, and they had just pulled the fucking peach cobbler out the oven. Uh-huh. And my dumb ass, I <gasps> <laughs> went straight into it. Like you grabbed, grabbed it, grabbed it oh my out of gosh. yep, out the pan. Oh! When I say my mom took me home, <laughs> so fast. Get your ass in the car. <laughs> oh, poor baby. Um, when I was two, my mom said I ate my grandmother's entire chocolate cake, and then when she confronted me about it, I lied. She said it was the first <laughs> lie I ever told. She asked me if I ate the cake. I said no, but it was chocolate all over my hands and face. <laughs> <laughs> Like, why did you lie? Like, 
kids. Man. Oh, we aren't the brightest. Okay, number three. Do you ever post inspirational quotes on social media? Oh, all the time. <laughs> they sometimes they be my own. Sometimes they be from the little uh, little fake Instagram pages. <laughs> Some of them be good though. Like yeah. they be hitting. But yeah, all the time. Yeah, you can never go wrong with a good quote. I feel like I post them more on my spiritual Insta. I mean, Finsta opposed to like my my primary page because that's what the Finsta is for more so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I talk a lot of shit on my own Instagram page, but I wouldn't be me if I didn't talk shit. You know, so yeah. But I am inspirational, right? I <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Okay, um, number four. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, cookies and cream, hand down, hands down. <sighs> I love cookies and cream. I don't like Oreos. <gasps> what? I, okay, full disclosure. I don't like chocolate at all. Okay, that's understandable. Yeah, and stuff like Oreos and Tootsie Rolls are like off-brand chocolate to me, and they're Ugh. just so disgusting. But ironically, my favorite ice cream flavor is chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? Chocolate is the worst flavor that's to me. That's what everybody always I hate says. chocolate. That's what everybody always Okay, also, I don't want, I will say I love chocolate Frosties, if that's more specific. Okay, yeah, now that I understand. Okay, because like... I won't buy chocolate ice cream myself, but I'll tear the fuck out of a chocolate frosty. Yeah. Like that shit is it's just something. Frosties. In there. They, they sprinkle hit. because they sprinkle that coke in it. <laughs> and when you do that, you know, you just become addicted. Yep. And that's what happens. They knew what they was doing. They did. All right. Last question. Say a word in Spanish. I guess it's more of Ooh. a demand. <laughs> Ooh, what's one I know I can pronounce? Hola. No, that's too easy. Espanol. Conocer. Rojo. <laughs> uh, I think I said this last week. I did not take Spanish. I took a semester of it in high school, and that man. was it. I've been taking Spanish since seventh grade, and I, none of that shit retained. That's exactly how. So I work at a French restaurant part-time, and um, we have, like, a bunch of regular, like, actual, like, Parisian customers and I read something off to them, and they were like, oh, your French is excellent. It's excellent. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's not. Shut up. Like, <laughs> I'm like, don't be tooting my horn. I did only take it for like 12 years. Like, you would think I would know just a little something, something. That but I don't knows. know what it said. I yeah. could just read it. No, yeah. But yeah, that, that's about all that. I, oh, I, know to, I know how to count in Spanish. Oh, yeah, same. Uno, dos, tres. Cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, diez, once, doce, ooh, doce, trece, catorce, quince, dieciséis. I'm going to stop. I can do French. Un, deux, trois, quatre, cinq, six, sept, huit, neuf, dix, onze, douze, treize, quatorze, quinze, seis, dix-sept, dix-huit, dix-neuf. I don't remember 20, dang. Miente. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's vent or something like that. That's what it be. I love learning the letter sounds. A, B, C, D, E, F, E, P. I was thinking of French. Like, it, that was probably my favorite lesson, learning uh, learning Spanish, just learning the sounds of the letters. French and Spanish sound the same, because French alphabet start A, B, C, D, but then it's U, U, F, J, H, E, G, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, V, X, Y, A, Z. I stopped at G because I don't know the rest. <laughs> yeah, Spanish got all them F A and then it's 
Old all time. them ends yeah. in there. Yeah, LA. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, no, I didn't take Spanish, and I probably should have. But do you use a uh, Duolingo? No, what's that? It is like a like Rosetta Stone. It's like a game, kind of, but you learning a language. So I'm using it to reteach myself Spanish. Is it free? Naive? It is free. Wow. No, you got to send me that. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I might have to do that. Okay, and we'll take a break. Cool. So I can drink my nasty ass celery juice. <laughs> and we're back. Now is for the best segment of the whole show. My favorite segment. Like, I'll be going back. When I be editing these episodes, I be in tears because this shit. First of all, I be having to cut so much out sometimes, and it sometimes it be funny ass shit. But I be like, I know that this is gonna be too, too much, so I be having to cut it out. But I love editing this part of the the show. So this is called High Roller, and this is just my guest comes on and tells me their most. Um, highest experience or most friedest experience an experience where they risked it all so let's hear your highest experience ever who and when i was thinking back it's so many to choose from to be honest like that's i keep thinking to myself because i like to tell mine in the episodes too and i'm like if i ever get to a point i'm like what if i get to a point that i've interviewed so many people and i ran out of stories and then some fried <laughs> shit be happening i'm like how can i ever run out right. of stories if i continue to do drugs like- exactly <laughs> exactly but the story i chose was from my sophomore year toward the end was right before we were about to leave um for summer um, my best friends, they had just like, um, got their stoves at the multicultural graduation. So naturally we turned it up. Right. Um, and it just so happened that like the place that one of them lived at in their duplex, the people below them was throwing a party at the same time. So it was, it was going right. when we pull up, we walk in downstairs, it's low key empty. It's like full of niggas. <laughs> And um, we go back to the kitchen. We're like, okay, so where the liquor at? Right. They had one bottle. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so can we smoke? And they was like, nah. All right, well, we going upstairs. Right. So we went upstairs. We put our, our music on. We smoke. We drink a little bit. Um, and then we chilling. So then the freshman girls that year, they roll up. They um, pull, come in the kitchen, sit at the table. When I say, like, she, uh, one of them, like, she just started cranking out the blunts and roll at least six within two minutes. And we smoked all of them. We were Naturally. still drinking. Um, and mind you, that party's still going on downstairs. So the guests, or not the guests, one of the hosts from the party downstairs, uh, out of her mind, she come upstairs, some through the door, and was like, why y'all upstairs? Why y'all not partying with us? X, Y, and Z. Obviously off her shit. Because I'm looking at her like, what the fuck is you doing? Right. And why is you talking to us? Like, go, go on somewhere. Um, and I'm sitting on the couch. I'm fried. Like, out of my mind. I barely know what she's saying. What she doing. Um, <laughs> but one of my best friends is, is T. And is going back and forth with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just get crazy. And I don't know where. He like, all right, y'all. Let's just let's go, cause I'm tired of this bullshit. X, Y, and Z, stumping and shit, gra- like scrambling, grabbing his shit. Um, and in the corner, my other best friend was arguing with some dude about like politics or some shit. Mm-hmm. But I could barely talk. I could barely breathe. <laughs> I'm just 
there, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember walking down the stairs, lights flashing. I'm, I'm pretty sure I was probably blacking out. <laughs> like, I have no idea how I got outside, no idea how I got to his car. All I remember is, like, going to back, back to my dorm, hopping in the shower, and then going, packing a bag real quick, and then going to the student center. Right. So I go to the student center because I'm like, um, all right, I'm pretty sure I got to go to, like, D.C. tonight because mm-hmm. we're going to the climate march tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's, like, 2 in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting at the rec desk. I have my, my shades on because I didn't want nobody to know I was fried. <laughs> and, like, the, two of my, like, white friends come up. They trying to talk and, like, engage and shit, and I'm just nodding. I'm like, yeah, like, I can't talk. <laughs> like, I can barely see. I don't, I really, it was a mess. Um, I remember, like, watching my Snap story. Because, of, of course, I'm a Snap. Worst, right. To, like, make sure I remember what's going on. Right. Um, and I was just looking at myself. I looked a mess. <laughs> Mouth all dry. It was so nasty. It was bad. Oh, um, but I get on the charter, little charter bus on the way to D.C., and I fall asleep, and when I woke up, I was listening to Kid Cudi, and the music already trippy, because I was obviously still high. Right. Because we had to have, have, like, at least 10 blunts that night. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, with the flashing blue lights and then Kid Cudi playing, I, it, I felt like I was on, like, Pluto or something. <laughs> like, because the ride was all smooth, because, you know, Pennsylvania got all those curves. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up and was high as fuck in that climate march the next morning. Wow. It be like that sometimes. You just be high and high and high. Like, <laughs> Try yeah. to sleep it off, still be high. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm not funny and I'm a bad storyteller. No. But, like, that really is my highest experience. Because <laughs> I really don't know, like, how all of that happened within the span of, like, four hours. <laughs> Dang. Like, I have no idea how I got in the shower by myself. No idea how I was able to pack a bag. Oh, my god. Like, I, I don't know. Look, sometimes when you be high, it really do just take you to another place. And you really just be floating. Yeah. <laughs> and you just be there. Like, like you be yeah. present, but you don't really be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is pretty much how I am every time I'm high. I just be living. Like, I don't know how I be doing this podcast and be high. Because I'm really one of the type of people when I smoke, I lose, like, all motor functions. Like, I just completely leave mentally check out so i be i use it to like reflect and meditate Mm -hmm. like that's why i smoke at night in like the dark with like a little bit of light yeah when i get my best reflections done like in that's true i like smoking when i'm home by myself like you said right before i I go to bed right after i go to work but like i do not smoke like before i go to work i don't know how people be doing that like that's what i'm saying i really don't know how i'm able to weekly function like actual doing things actually doing things high like i'm very proud of myself it's like i'm training my brain yeah pretty mm. much maybe one day i can get to the point that i could be high at work like my restaurant job not nannying but you know a high day nannying probably would be crazy <laughs> i would probably have so much fun with the kids no i definitely be high as fuck watching your story laughing my ass off <laughs> no kids bad. yeah bad as fuck <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, the other day, the three-year-old, he got mad at all of us, like me and his parents. He said, I am not part of this family anymore. I'm out of here. He started packing up his little uh, teddy bear backpack. He was about to hit the road. His mom was like, 
if you say sorry, I'll give you a popsicle. He's like, okay, I'm sorry. I love you, mommy. I love you, Miss Tyra. I'm sorry. Dramatic ass. Man, as fuck. I'm like, all it took was a popsicle. What kind of negotiation is this? Right. <laughs> okay, my high roller experience this week is actually, I decided to switch it up, and I'm going to talk about being drunk. Yes. <laughs> because, I mean, like I said, I'm trying to, like, Stretch them out. I don't want to, like, give up all my good stories immediately. And then I also started thinking, like, I think down the line, I'm also going to start telling, like, just random stories that's not always about being high, but just still about being fried. Yeah. Like, I even wanted to tell a story about, um, I called it my Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer story, um, but I'm going to say that for next week. I'm going to tell it. It has nothing to do with being fried. I was actually a very small child when it happened. <laughs> but it's a fried-ass moment in my life, basically. But, okay, so this week I'm going to talk about how I lost my car for 24 hours in Columbus. Damn. Yeah. So me and my best friend, Donnell, we were going to the Drake versus Future concert back in, like, 2016 in Columbus, Ohio, which is, like, two and a half hours away from um, Cleveland. So, um, basically, we drive down there, we wake up early in the morning, we go get breakfast, or we got, like, lunch, and then we drive down there. We get there at, like, noon, the concert isn't until, like, 7, so that whole time we just chilling, we getting dressed, blah, 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 blah. So, between, like, 10 or 11 a.m. and before the concert, I hadn't eaten at all. We drive to the concert, and, like, we pregame a little bit in the hotel. Then we drive to the concert. We got a brand-new, unopened-ass bottle of Hennessy Black or Black Hennessy, whatever. Man, we down. It's like a fifth. We down it in the car. Ten minutes before we leave out for the concert. Yes. Terrible idea. Um, so, we parked the car. Drink the bottle, get out, walk to the concert. As soon as we walked outside, I knew I was drunk. I was so disoriented. It's like one of them drunks that you so drunk that you just drunk. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense. Like, you know how you could be drunk and have fun or be drunk and tipsy? No, it's like, it was just like I came outside to nothingness, basically. <laughs> so as soon as we, like, check in, go inside of the stadium, um, Donnell was like, I'm about to go to the bathroom. I'm like, okay, let me just go pee too. I go into the bathroom, and I black out Damn. in the bathroom. Like, I literally, I wasn't even peeing. I just sat on the toilet and fell asleep. Damn. Don't know how long I was in there, but to the point that Donnell was concerned, he was, like, telling women to go look under stalls, knocking on the doors for me, whatever. They finally find me. I'm literally, like, blacked out drunk. I don't have any memory of this. This is from his recall. Um, I guess... They had EMS on site. They ended up taking me to EMS. All I remember is waking up a little bit like, what's going on? And Donnell, like, you're drunk. They took you to EMS. I'm like, what? The concert? He's like, I don't give a fuck about the concert, whatever. And so he, telling, he told me that, like, they asking me questions, like, what's her mom's name? What's her emergency contact number? He like, like, he know my mom name. He's like, I don't know her number. So he said I wake up again on some, like, Titanic shit, like, Go without me. Have fun. Enjoy the concert for the both of, both of us. So he like, all right. 
and bounce. Damn. So I remember waking up finally to like full consciousness and the nurse is just like, yeah, honey, you, you had a little bit too much to drink. She's like, but I'll tell you this, since you're up and you seem, you know, like you're passing the test or whatever, if you can drink a full cup of water, no, if I could vomit first and then drink a full cup of water, I could go back to the concert. Damn. And I did it. And they let me go back. What? Yes. And I missed all the future. I came out right in time for for Drake. Wow. Yeah. And I have, and I'll show you like after we finish recording, I have a video on my phone of me from the concert and I look so fucking normal. Like you would have never guessed that I blacked out and was in EMS for like an hour and a half. Wow. Fucking crazy. Okay. So that's not even the worst part of the night. So after the concert is over and the last dance has been danced. We go outside to obviously go to the car and go back to the hotel. So, from my memory, we parked in this parking lot right next to the stadium. So, we go in here, and we, we can't remember what floor we were on. So, we go to every floor. Don't see my car. Damn. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was this one. So, we go back outside because Donnell's like, well, maybe it was another garage. There's literally 12 garages in the vicinity of Oh, the my God. So we go to all of them. Mind you, we're both still incredibly drunk. Yeah. I have on heels. My fucking feet hurt. We just, like, on this fucking venture. Um, and we do all this shit, and we just cannot find my car. So I got to the point that I'm freaking the fuck out. So first, I call Columbus Police, and I'm like, I can't find my car. I don't know if someone stole it. And I'm like, it might be in the garage, but we, we're not finding it. And you know what the fucking dispatcher says? Oh. We're not Uber. We're not going to drive around and help you find your car. Ooh. Man, I hung up on that bitch so fucking fast before I had to say something that was going to incriminate me. Like, how are you dumb or are you slow? Rude. This is literally what y'all are getting paid for Did out us. of our black ass tax dollars. That us. What are you Rude. talking about? Mm-mm. So then I call my insurance company. Um, they're basically like, you know, we could send you a rental, but there's really nothing we could do. And I'm like, I can't just not find my car. So Donnell's like, look, we are too drunk right now. Let's just order an Uber, go back to the hotel, come back in the morning. It's nothing we can do about it tonight. I'm like, whatever. So we, we go, we sleep it off. We wake up at like, because I had to work, excuse me, I had to be at work at like 4 o'clock that day. So I'm like, we have to leave no later than like one or two for right. Columbus. So we wake up at like seven o'clock in the morning, go back downtown, and go to every garage. In the midst of us searching, it starts downpour rain, raining. So this nigga Donnell, he must have still been drunk. He's like, let's rent bikes to go like from point A to point B. So we literally rent bikes. We're going from garage to garage. We cannot fucking find my car. We even started going to, like, garages, streets over, even though we knew we didn't walk that far. Just looking for this fucking car. I literally was about to give up. Like, I started crying. I'm just Mm -hmm. like, you know, I don't know. Maybe somebody stole it. But then I'm thinking, like, why was somebody still my raggedy ass? Like, I had, like, an older car at that point. I'm like, why was somebody still my little raggedy ass car opposed to, um, you know, all these nice ass cars? Also, just to uh, preface, my little um, key fob at the time was broke. So mm-hmm. I couldn't even, like, press the alarm button or nothing. 
So I'm like, all right, before we just Uber the fuck to Cleveland, you know, I'm like, I'm more than sure. I'm like 100% positive it was in this garage, the first garage we ever checked, the garage we kept going back to, even the garage that we Ubered from. I'm like, I just have a feeling. Donnell, like, all right, one more time. We go up and down the ramps, like with the bikes. Still don't see it. But I was so tired from riding bikes and shit and just walking all day. I'm like, let's just take the elevator down. He's like, okay. We get on the elevator, and I finally noticed, for some crackhead-ass reason, this elevator goes from 1 to 3 and then from 5 to 8. There is no level 4 on this elevator. I said, well, that's fucking weird and stupid as hell. I'm like, why wouldn't they have a level 4? So I'm like, well, I wonder where level 4 is at. So we get off the elevator, and we see somebody, like, walking in the garage. So I'm like, excuse me, is there a level four in there? They're like, oh, yeah, there's a level four elevator all the way on the other side of the garage. You have to use that elevator only. So we go to the other side of the garage, and lo and behold, there's an elevator that takes you to level four. We get to fucking level four, and there's my car. There's no way to access this level without being on this specific elevator. The dumbest shit in the whole entire world. And why would no one ever tell us this when we fucking parked here? What? Like, it was a whole parking attendant who made me go to that floor and everything. I just feel like somebody was setting me up. Yeah, I don't like that. (laughs) And I almost cried when I found my car. And it's so funny because, like, a week after that happened... Uh, Apple finally updated it where you can now like leave your drop location for your car on your phone. I'm like, well, that would have fucking been helpful a week right. ago, Apple. Damn. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's you smart. can like, if you go to your maps, wherever you park your car, you can pin it and say park car here. Oh, that's nice. Or if your car has Bluetooth, it'll do it like automatically. Ooh. Yeah. I'm looking to that. Because <laughs> no, when I went to Disneyland in March, mm-hmm. Like, first of all, it's parking lots every fucking where. Yeah, I would bet. And hella floors. <laughs> so I took hella pictures of where we was parked at because I didn't want to forget. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah, like, since that day, I've been super paranoid about parking my car anywhere. Yeah. Like, I fucking always, if I'm in, a, like, a crazy-ass parking lot, I always make sure I pay attention to what floor I'm mm-hmm. on, how the elevator's set up. Yep. Like, it's something that you never have to think about until you have a traumatizing-ass yeah. experience. Yep. 24 hours, my car was missing. Some dumb shit, like <laughs> so crazy, but um, yeah. So my advice is, don't ever fucking pregame a whole fifth in the car before going anywhere, especially going to see Future and Drake, because you will you will miss Future and end up at EMS <laughs> and lose your car for twenty four hours. Last segment of the show is to end it on a high note. Which is where we just leave you guys with some great advice, some positivity, some shit to take with you throughout the week. Um, do you want to go first? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think I'm just going to echo what I said earlier about, like, just be who you want to be, who you mm-hmm. are. Like, I think we're living in a time where it's more than necessary to show the world the real you. Oh, yeah. And, like, no one else is going to be able to, like, show showcase your, like, talents, your ability, uh, your authenticity other than you. So, like, just do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I wrote a song this week hey. that, like, basically was telling myself that, like, regardless of society's ideas of who I should be like I I am who I am and I am who I'm going to be 
uh, forever and always. So, like, yeah, just be who you want to be. Yeah. I love that. And I love that that's kind of like a recurring theme of this show that, like, almost every guest I've had has continued to say that what makes them the happiest, what keeps them going is staying consistent, staying true to themselves, always being themselves. And I love that that is, like, just something that's brought up every week because it's good to hear, like, for me, I'm sure it's good to hear from you guys. Like, I don't know. It's, like, great advice to take with you because... You ain't gonna get nowhere being fake, right? Dead or ass, being, or being disingenuous, or just not being being able to comfortably be you. So mm-hmm. I think that that's great advice. My high note this week, um, I do realize that last week I was a little like being like a Debbie Downer, so I decided this week to like lighten it up a little bit. Um, more so, just words of advice, I guess. Uh, do not hop on your phone the moment you wake up. Like, dead ass. It's something I've been practicing for, like, a year now. I try not to, like, respond to people or text people back as soon as I wake up. I try not to even really look at my phone other than, like, to turn my alarm clock off and to make sure, like, the family I'm 84 didn't text me, don't come to work. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I wrote here, try going at least an hour or two before waking up. I mean, after waking up, before responding to texts going on social media, replying to emails. When you first awake, first give gratitude and praise. Um, Take in the sun. Um, These last few weeks, the sun has just been waking me up in the morning, and it's been the most amazing thing ever. Like, I took the curtains out of my room, so now it's literally just sunlight. That's so nice. And I've been waking up at, like, 6, 7 in the morning naturally because I could just feel the warmth of the Mm -hmm. sun on my skin. And I almost embraced it. Like, I let it. I love feeling the sun on my skin. It feel, it's literally like it's charging me up to get up and wake up in the day. So, like, if you can do that, try that. Um, get some vitamins in your system. I've been juicing in the morning. Um, I think I told y'all last week I've been taking chlorophyll drops. That's been helping me, like, become more energized. Um, try to eat before you look at your phone. Go outside, even if you just go outside and say, <sighs> and walk back in the house. Yeah, that ass, yeah. If you take a brisk walk, whatever you got to do, then hop on your phone. Mm-hmm. Because before you let everybody else get in your head, before you let anyone else like implement themselves into your day, before you let any emotional stress enter your life, just wake up and feel alive. Like, mm-hmm. wake up and really be awake. And then hop in the mess. Get on Twitter. Talk your shit. Be cute on Instagram. (laughs) And that's my advice for this week. I promise. Nothing else. Nothing more. That was beautiful. Yes. But once again, I am eternally grateful for my guests, my listeners, this experience. Again, like I'm trying my hardest to just work and improve every single week. I have bought new mics. Um, so those should be coming soon and hopefully the sound quality will get a little better, but I am trying my hardest. It's just me, little old me, and I'm working and I'm YouTubing and I'm Googling and I'm trying my hardest to learn how to do this shit, but I do appreciate everyone who subscribed. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe, whether you're on iTunes, whether you're on SoundCloud, um, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever, please just do me that small, tiny favor and pass it on. 
And again, if you are interested in being a guest on the show, I am in need of more guests. Like I'm running down the list fast and I, I still have probably like 20 people that I have on the list, but I don't want it to get to the point that I wait so long and then I'm at the bottom of the list and I need more people. So if you have not heard back from me via email, shoot me an email. If you are interested in being on the show, please email me at contact.highnotes at gmail.com or you can DM me on Instagram um, at the High Notes Podcast. I am debating if I want to make a Twitter. I know I should, but... It's a lot of work. Managing, like, first of all, starting a Twitter account from the ground up is, like, impossible. Yeah. It's, like, so hard these days. If you didn't have a Twitter, like, in 2013, it's just so rough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I plan on making that a priority very soon. Um, at least by episode 10. <laughs> I will have a Twitter page. I promise y'all. But thank you guys again. Um, love y'all. Talk to y'all next week. Bye. Peace, love, and happiness. Period.